down here. A few reflections on the practice. And then I want to speak specifically about walking meditation, which if you're coming to this new, you think, well, walking, what's all that about? I do that all the time. But let's talk a little bit, just for a few minutes, as I say, about the practice itself. What is the aim of this practice? What is the intention? We're coming back again to the theme of you know, the weekend. Well, the intention behind it is to wake up. Yeah. And in fact, in many senses, this term Buddhism, which is a fairly nonsensical term, um, it was one invented in the late 18th century by Western, uh, Westerners basically living in India, um, this term Buddhism doesn't really mean anything. It's actually derived from a root in the original languages, which literally means to wake up. So if the term Buddhism means anything, it means wake upism. Yeah. That's what it's about, waking up. The Buddha himself was not enlightened. He awoke. He woke up to things. And in a sense, this is the challenge. <clears throat> this is the challenge of all the practices, the practice the Kinchino has introduced you to, the practice of sitting with the breath, seeing what's going on, and it's also the challenge of waking up to what we're doing in walking. But before we get on to that, just again, just a few reflections. You know, if, if, for example, the goal of this practice, the intention of this practice is to wake up, and wake up doesn't mean a kind of big blinding light on the road to Damascus, it means waking up in little things and particularly waking up often to the habitual nature, what I call the tyranny of habit, that we are enthralled to, that we are captured by a lot of the time. Waking up to what is going on in our minds and our bodies in the present moment. Why this focus on mind and body and the breath in particular? Well, these are occurring in the present moment. These are actually things that are present, real-time activities. You know, as a Kinshina, I think shared with you last night that we don't think about the past body or the present body or the future body, the past breath or the future breath. There is only the present breath, the present experience within the body that's going on. We're waking up to all of what is present in the mind, what is going on, what is actually occurring at this moment in time. This is highlighted by actually taking an anchor by taking the body or by taking the breath as an anchor, which in a sense, like a drone in music, reflects the melody. Actually, unfortunately, it's not a melody usually in the mind. Um, It's more like a cacophony. So when we begin to look, we begin to see what is going on. Actually, one of the the current contemporary uh, Sri Lankan meditation teachers in one of his books describes meditation like this. He says... Sit down, cross your legs, close your eyes, and welcome to the madhouse. (laughs) It's a lovely description. But actually, when we begin to look, when we begin to discern a little bit more clearly, we begin to see there actually is patterns to that madhouse. There are patterns, and a lot of that pattern is actually what we call habit. I think of the human mind particularly as the perfect organic recycling machine. It's the same old junk that keeps coming round and round again, being recycled. This is what we're looking at. This is what we're beginning to observe. We're beginning to observe one of the other things when we sit down is that we think we're in control. 
I think we in the Western world particularly have this rather overinflated opinion of ourselves that we think everything is under control. Actually, nothing is under control, usually, or very little in our lives. And when it comes to our minds, this is one of the things that really isn't under control. You know, we have very, very tenuous control over our mental states. Our mental states are coming and going, and one of the things that we discern is actually that minds have minds of their own, you know, no matter what we want to do. So this is part of what we're observing in this practice, whether it be walking or whether it be the sitting practice, the you know, kind of sitting practice you've just engaged in. We take simple activities. The Buddha wasn't just interested in sitting on a cushion and becoming awake. He said, let's take all of the activities, all of the postures that we can have it in ordinary life, and let's wake up to what's going on in them. You know, whether it be sitting, standing, lying, or walking. You know, it pretty well covers everything we can do. You know, so it's not just an isolated um, activity that goes on in places like this or in a little meditation space that you might create in your home. It's something that we can bring to every facet of our lives and all of the various corporeal bodily postures that we can actually inhabit. So to come to walking, to wake up into walking, well again, nothing big here. It's actually waking up to what's going on in the process. So much of our life is spent in automatic pilot. You know, the automatic pile of, of habits and reactions. And walking is something that very rarely, unless we have an injury or something, or we're disabled, that comes into our actual sight. We don't often see what is actually happening in the process of walking. So here we deliberately slow down the process. Uh, we slow down the process. We take a walking path. We can do this inside, you know, or we can do it outside if you feel brave enough to get out into the cold. Um, we could take a walking path of, you know, sort of 20 yards, 15 yards. It doesn't really matter how far, uh, but we select that walking path and we walk up and down this in a manner which isn't actually what I call ultra-slow. This is not, as I always emphasize when I'm talking about walking meditation, this is not a walk to the scaffold. You know, this is not the, you know, moving along like something out of the night of the living dead. <laughs> you know, we're actually slowing it down, but sometimes it might just be above walking pace. And we take as a focus, just as we take as the focus the movement of the abdomen, the belly, or we might take as a focus the tip of the nose in order to um, anchor our processes, our thought processes, uh, we take here the soles of the feet, in the initial stages. You know, this changes as we deepen the practice and expand the practice. But we can take the soles of our feet, and this becomes our anchor, somewhere to come back to when the mind becomes too busy, when it starts to drift off, when we find that actually we're not awake, we're daydreaming, we're sleepwalking, actually we're not walking a lot of the time. Um, actually, we sleepwalk a lot through life. Our lives can be one of total sleepwalking, uh, both metaphorically and literally. Um, one of your great founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin, said once um, that most people are dead by the age of 25, they're just not buried until 70. <laughs> yeah. you know. so, so let's not be dead at the age of whatever you are. 
um, let's be awake and alive to what's going on. And one thing about whether it's walking or sitting, this is a process, when I say of waking us up, of actually bringing us back to life, bringing us fully into life, because it brings us fully into the present. And this is what we're engaging in. So, instruction. To select your path, outside or inside, and to walk up and down it. To be aware of the sensations in the soles of your feet. And this becomes the anchor, as I say, for the mind. So we walk, we become aware of when we reach the end of our path of turning. We might even want to use um, expressions. I mean, sometimes these are useful, sometimes they're not, such as lifting the foot, placing the foot, lifting the foot, placing the foot. For some people that is not helpful, for others it's really quite helpful as a way of beginning to focus. And, of course, on our walking path, what will happen? Well, the same as happens, ex probably exactly the same as has happened to you already as you've sat on your cushion this morning. The mind will go off. It will wander. It's, uh, it, the mind is a bit like a ruminant. It kind of looks for the best grazing areas. It wanders off and starts to look for the best grass, you know, or something that's a bit more nutritious than, say, the breath or the walking. Well, when that happens, uh, we have to bring it back. We gently, gently, and I do say that, I emphasize that, and I think Akinchino did as well this morning, we gently bring it back to what we're engaged in. We bring it back initially to the soles of the feet. Sometimes I recommend also, if the mind has got too busy, it's drifted off, it's really been pulled out, the daydreams have got very strong, or even the obsession with the sound or something has pulled your mind away from the walking process, then actually stop walking. Stand, re-establish your attention. You know, settle your attention back in your feet, just as we would settle our attention back in the breath. And then once you've settled that attention in your feet, then begin to walk again to the end of your walking path. And turn, become aware of what's involved in the turning process, and come back again. Always bringing ourselves back when the mind has drifted. Always looking at sensations that have arisen uh, in the body as you're engaged in this process. So that the actual process of walking becomes a process of what I call distraction and focus. Distraction and focus. And the distraction here is something we just acknowledge. We gently acknowledge. We become aware of where the mind perhaps has gone for a second or two and then gently bring ourselves back to the walking. So, good walking. <laughs>